The Heath Bar is back, folks, with another fantastic chat on tap for you this week. We got a really good one here. This is someone you all have been asking me to uh, talk with for a long time. And we've known each other for a long time, and we just had a hard time getting things coordinated. And we were finally able to do that and uh, get this conversation on tap for you. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a good one. I really enjoyed talking with him, and I can't wait to get to it. Before we do, uh, there's a few things going on here at the Heath Bar. First, I'd love to hear some of your feedback. Uh, I know I talk a lot about leaving a five-star review or, or any type of you know word review on iTunes and things like that. Um, I do check those out and I do look at those, but I do want to hear from you guys. What are you enjoying at the Heath, about the Heath Bar? Uh, what do you think could improve? Or what are some things that uh, maybe you just don't like? Uh, let me know. Shoot me an email. Get in touch with me on social media or you know leave a review on the iTunes and that. I'll check that out. And uh, let's keep making this place uh, just improving and getting better and better and better for you. Uh, one of the ways I'm working on doing that is to keep the chats coming consistently. Some of them are going to be with people. Uh, the majority of them will be with, with other people. And then there's going to be some which just me talking about some different things going on that I think about and I enjoy, um, enjoy chatting about and would love some feedback from me on those as well. Um, so, yeah, keep, keep looking at the Heath Bar. Keep checking out the things that are coming down the pipeline and give me some feedback. Let's hear. Let's hear from you. I want to hear what's going on and, and uh, what you think. And right in line with that, if you know of someone or you yourself think, uh, hey, I'd love to be on the show. This is what I've done. This is what I'm doing around the area in that. Uh, reach out to me as well. Uh, we, can, we can make that happen. If there's someone you know of or, like I said, you yourself, um, let's chat. Let's get in touch and figure out how we can get you on the show and talk about what you're doing and uh, how it's affecting uh, you know, your life and those around you. As well with that, most of the listeners to this show are regional and uh, Midwestern focused. Uh, I try to keep it local as much as I can. Uh, I think that's where the focus of the show is anyway. And uh, every now and then I'll, I'll grab someone who's, you know, national or something that's passing through. But for the most part, I like to keep it with our, our local talent and local uh, leaders and creators around the area. And that by local, I mean, you know, the Black Hills area uh, and the Midwestern area up through, you know, Montana, North Dakota, Wyoming, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska. Um, I'll probably even throw in Colorado there. Yeah, I already have. I like Colorado, so why not? But if you uh, are a uh, local business, though, and those are kind of your market, that's who you're trying to reach to, uh, and you would like to advertise on the Heath Bar, uh, let's talk about sponsorship. Uh, there's a lot of ways that you can do that um, here with the show, and um, I would love to chat with you and see how we can make that happen. Like I said, I do want to try to keep it local as much as possible. Um, so shoot it, shoot me an email, heath at heathbaronline.com, if you uh, have a business and uh, would like to promote on the Heath Bar. Now that that's all been said, let's talk about where you can find me. This weekend is Leap Day, February 29th, folks. Only comes around every four years. And there's a really cool thing happening over at Minor Brewing in Hill City. Uh, they are doing a songwriter's showcase, Leap Day Local Songwriter, Singer-Songwriter Showcase is uh, what it's actually called. You can find it on their Facebook page, and they're promoting it there as well. Uh, but they do this every now and then. Uh, they feature some local songwriters writing, playing their own original music. Um, this year, the thing, uh, the event is going to start at 2.15 with yours truly. I'm kicking off the show. It's going to be a great time. Uh, the lineup is fantastic, by the way. So you got me uh, kicking things off, and then you have Sophia Betty. I don't know if you've heard her. Uh, if you haven't, you've really been missing out. 
fantastic singer, fantastic songwriter. I'm really looking forward to getting to see her again because uh, it's been a while. Uh, Dustin Tucker, haven't seen him in a while either. That dude can shred. Uh, he's got a. Uh, it's interesting. I, the first time I met him, uh, you know, we we talked a lot, and he had has a lot of history with like being in like a metal band and, and shredding, going crazy, and that. And then to see him pull some of those same skills out with an acoustic guitar is phenomenal to watch. If you haven't heard him or seen him, highly recommend you come and check him out as well. And then after him, one of my favorites, Anna Robbins. Uh, I've known her for many, many years. In fact, we have a conversation in a previous episode of the Heath Bar, so you can check that out and listen to some of her story. But she's been writing songs and playing around the area for a long, long time. Uh, incredibly talented lady. And uh, yeah, so definitely check her out. And then stick around for Library Advocate, also known as Corey Anderson, for those of you who don't follow him. That dude's got some skills. He's been one that I've been trying to get on the show, too. I got to reach back out to him and make that happen. But he, uh, again, I think I believe he lives in Rapid City, if I remember that correctly. Um, amazing person, amazing human, and uh, watching him play and perform is is one of one of the highlights of uh, a lot of the shows and places that I go to here. So I'm really looking forward to this lineup. I think it's a stellar lineup that Miner has put together. And uh, like I said, it kicks off at 2:15 this Saturday, February 29th, and uh, it goes till I think Corey gets done. Uh, excuse me, Library Advocate gets done uh, around seven. So it's a good way to spend your your afternoon and early evening. Uh, and then go grab some dinner afterwards or stick around at, at Minor and hang out with a, a lot of the artists that are still going to be there. All right. With that, folks, your chat is ready for you. This week, we are talking with the one and only Steve Thorpe. If you have spent any amount of time in music uh, around the Black Hills, you've heard this man's name. He's the only person I know, I think, that I've actually ever met that has an award named after him. Uh, the Hill City Arts Council um, has the Steve Thorpe Award, and uh, they hand that out to uh, you know musicians and, and singers and that. I believe uh, last year's winner was, uh, was Steve Lind, uh, if I'm saying that name right. But they hand it out every year, uh, and uh, yeah, it's because of Steve. Uh, he's, a, he's a really cool guy. I, I've enjoyed him every time I've gotten the chance to talk with him and interact with him. I've performed with him a few times. He's been writing songs for a long, long time and has uh, perfected the art of busking, if you ask me. He uh, does that every day through the you know tourist season and, and, and warm uh, summer season out in Hill City. He's got his corner that he sits at, uh, he plays his tunes, and he hands out harmonicas to the kids and even gives them a little lesson every now and then if they're up for it. Um, we had a fantastic chat. Um, the guy's got an incredible story you know, from, from serving in the Army and, and coming back over here and, and learning a lot about just what makes life life and uh, his, his journey into turning that into music uh, and songs of his own to share with everyone is, is quite phenomenal. We have a fun conversation about that as well as some of the uh, pros and cons of the business side of music and some of the run-ins he's had with that uh, over the course of his life. And I really enjoyed it. I know that you're going to as well. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here at the Heath Bar, give it up for Steve Thorpe. Welcome to the Heath Bar, where the conversations are always on tap. Well, let's cheers, Steve. Welcome to the Heath Bar. Well, thank you. Here in the morning. 
Yeah, morning. Saturday morning. <laughs> Saturday morning. I'm a. I don't frequent uh, bars often in the mornings. We were just talking about um, never before noon. You said that was Hemingway. That was Hemingway. That was yeah. Hemingway. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I. Uh, I. The only time I've ever been in a in a bar before noon was like St. Patty's Day. Mm. And there was a bar that was serving Lucky Charms, but instead of milk, they'd pour Guinness. Oh, jeez! It was not good, man. <laughs> it was not good. Way back, way back in the <laughs> in the seventies, sometime. I had a my middle brother was he loved to drink. Mm-hmm. He took us out to champagne breakfast. Okay. <laughs> Ruined my day. I mean, I, I come off of that sh- that champagne breakfast, and I'm like. I'm like, I'm worthless. <laughs> and that was it. You know, I mean, it's yeah. like, yeah, there's, there's really don't like this stuff most any time anymore, but early is not good. Well, see, a lot of people, they just throw in the orange juice and they call it good, like orange juice and champagne. Well, that, and that's what we're they doing. They do the mimosa yep. and they just go all yep. day long. And then noon sw- comes and they switch to the harder stuff. Or I guess not really harder, but the more acceptable stuff to be drinking in the afternoon and not the morning. I I escaped that. Oh man. Did you, um, I'm trying to remember you, you stopped drinking, right? Or, well, you know, I'll have a beer now. I like dark beer. Okay. I like wine occasionally. Gotcha. But I, it just as something that, that was habitual in my life that just, sure. Well, what did it was I got out of the army in 1970. Okay. My father-in-law, mother-in-law, wife picked me up. Father-in-law's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is get to a clothing store, buy a pair of jeans, a comfortable shirt, and some cowboy boots, and get out of the stupid uniform. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But no, no, I got, I got to go to dinner in my uniform, mm. and I got to have a drink. We got to have cocktails. Sure, celebrate. You're back. Yeah. Welcome so, home. So here I am sitting in Berkeley, California, my first night of freedom. In my uniform with a scotch buzz, and I'm like, yeah, this feels way too much like the army. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it was just, uh, yeah, that that that. God, I haven't had, I haven't been buzzed in so long. I've forgotten what it's like, but it, it, I know it'd bring back the army just like that, just instantly, huh? Because yeah, we were drunk every night. Sure. Yeah. Sure. No, like I said, I got, I have several friends that have uh, have served, and it's a it's a common thing between people that go in and then get out it's alcohol is kind of a a a savior in a lot of aspects when it comes to that yeah that life and that um that path i guess if that's what you want to say well like it's a it's a drinking culture sure 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 how long were you in how long were you in the military uh three years 11 months and four days wow you got got it down i I got well i just (laughs) I, i just i just moved and I found my DD two fourteen. Oh, okay. And okay. I just I looked at it, and there it is. You know, three years, eleven months, four, four days. I I had four. I signed up for four years. Yeah. I get to Okinawa, and they said uh, it's an eighteen month tour, but you're going to have six months left when you go back to you know, when we send you back to the states. Stay here for your entire enlistment, and we'll let you out a month earlier. I said, I'll take it. Yeah, sold. <laughs> yeah. Don't have to twist your arm. <laughs> got, the, got that deal down, Pat. Thanks. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, my uh, my my grandfather served in World War II. My dad um, enlisted for Vietnam, but he was he was never deployed. Um, he he, I think he got in. He was young, so he got in, and it was kind of all kind of winding down. But oh, he but was, yeah. he did some, you know, 
basic training and everything like that, but he right. never never actually got sent over. And then my uncle was supposed to go, but when he was little, he uh, they was driving. My grandparents were driving in their car, and he was sticking his head out the window, and he was looking up, and a bird took a dump right in his eye. Oh no! And no, he's so blind he was legally eye. blind. Yeah, oh. so he couldn't go. You know, and uh, so he's like, "Well, that bird might have just saved your life." Yeah. You know, so. Well, but, I, I dodged the draft. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I was I was drafted, mm. and I I knew people who'd been drafted, and sure. I knew I knew my schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, basic training, advanced infantry training, Vietnam. Then, as I found out late in my hitch, if you survived your year in Vietnam, you still had six months, and you had a family. They sent you to Okinawa, brought the family over to try to get you wound down to to come home. No kidding. No kidding. And wow. I, I didn't know that part of it, but I had a pretty good idea what the, the transition transition was, and I knew about the Army Security Agency, and I just enlisted, requested uh, Vietnamese and service in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had French, you know, French, English, and Vietnamese. I, I had all all three languages cover, covered. I figured I'd be a sure. Yeah, go yeah. for it. Well, the army and its wisdom gave me Chinese. <laughs> of course, you know. Let's let's make things a little bit harder if we can, you yeah, know. Well, <laughs> well, do the thing that makes sense. The, well, the thing was, they really expected me to re-up. Oh, I'm sure. You know, they they thought I wanted to go to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. You know, like really wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I, it was I was curious. You know, I mean, sure. You know, your generation. I mean, the American generation. You know, you, you get your war right. Yeah. Yeah, and I was I I was kind of curious about it, but I was in the end I was glad I didn't have to sure go fight it with guns and yeah. There's a uh, I mean there's a lot of mythology around it and stories around it and books and you know movies and that it becomes like this um, almost like a it's like a like I was saying like a mythological era yeah, yeah, in American yeah, history, right, you know, right. and, and the people, but the people that were there and that they, they don't, they don't ever talk about it. They don't want to talk about it and they don't, they didn't enjoy it, you know? And the ones that did, there was something wrong with them, <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. ooh. <laughs> well, I, you know, yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's, it, it's a traumatic experience. I mean, even if you don't go to war. Sure, you know, I mean, sure. I mean, the, you, you, you go off to something and you, you've got a pretty good idea that Hollywood hasn't been, Doing doing square with you hasn't been honest. Yeah, what right. Hollywood? No, and, <laughs> I can't imagine and, that. Steve. And it's like it's like you're going off. I mean, it's it's a step into the unknown. Yeah, you know, and uh, mm. I mean that was never something that I ever had a even inkling to want to do. Was to well, I didn't either. Sure, you know? yeah, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, I guess, and we luckily, you know, I grew up in an era where there was no draft. That right. was just not a thing. Um, so I got to choose, you know, but, uh, you know, I just, it was never even, you know, cause they'd come to all the school events right. and you know, yeah, they're, they're try to recruit to, you yeah, and everything. Right. And I right. just never, never even went to a table. Like I'm just right. not interested at all. So yeah, well, it, it, yeah. it was just at that time, it was clear to me that my country demanded sure. service. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I figured the only, the only honorable way to get out of it would be to leave mm-hmm. and i didn't want to leave mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't figure canada conquer this far south by the time i was an old man and i wanted to come back to the black hills <laughs> sure yeah i mean i imprinted on this place as a as a young yeah as a, as a child yeah i mean i love this country and uh 
So I, I knew I had a friend who'd, who'd been at the, to the language school. For him, it was a three-year enlistment, but the time I went, I had to go four. Okay. But I just figured, yeah, you know, I'll get something out of it. I'll get a language mm-hmm. and uh, maybe have a little more control over where I end up. Sure, sure. But, uh, eh. Well, I'm glad you, you stuck it out and stayed in the Black Hills because, I mean, you've, you've shaped <laughs> a lot of, of what I love doing in, in here even before, you know, myself and a lot of people I know came on the scene. So no, and I'm really, I'm really glad you guys are here. You're doing, of, you're doing some dynamite. stuff. But the thought of you not being like there to like sow the seeds, so to speak, to get all that going is like, Oh man, that, what would it even look like? <laughs> Did I you don't know? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I, my, my reception when I came here and kind of got out and, and was, was looking to play music was, was a bit on the chilly side. Sure. And, uh, Everything I've done since then has been designed to make it so that doesn't happen to people. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like uh, right now, we've got I've got a friend who's just coming out and doing the song circles with us. Okay, his wife died, and and you know, music is he wants to come back to it. it mm-hmm. It's something that that makes him feel good. Yeah, absolutely. Him, you know, gives him gives him some kind of some kind of spiritual release. Absolutely. And actually, I know two people like that right now. Okay, and uh, some guy was at a at a jam not long ago. was was looking at who was there and said, "Oh, only the good guys here. We don't have the drags." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, man, there are no drags." Yeah, yeah. We all we all, none of us started good. Yeah, you know. I mean, <laughs> no. You you <laughs> you know you learn the instrument. You you learn to sing with it, and then if you if you want to get out at all. You realize that, that doing this in front of people is a whole other skill, right? And, right. And you know that's that's kind of what the scene right now, or that the end the jam things that I'm in. The it, one down in Rochester, you're talking about, or yeah. there's a, is there a few that you're involved in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing one up in up in. Uh, well, I'm not going to talk about it. Oh, okay. Because ASCAP, ASCAP and BMI are, are following this stuff around. Okay. And I, I don't want to shut it down. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they, they're. Uh, they like to they like to pay attention, you know. That's what they well, do. Yeah, they they like to get money. Of course, yeah. that's that's the American dream. Yeah. Um. No, but tell me a little bit. So when you, how were you always playing guitar? Like even through the army and that, or did that come afterwards? It's kind of a a release <laughs> when you gave up I, gave up the the hard alcohol and that all the time. Did you switch to music, or was it a uh, no? I, actually, uh, I. <laughs> I got a hold with with this moving. I got a hold of an old baby book. My mother kept baby books for us when I was a kid. Okay, and I you know I don't think that's common anymore. Um, not as common as you think. All the pictures are saved on Google now, so you can just this, like no. This was writing. This was writing notes. And, like and, okay, and it, yeah. it's a little book. It had forms and and child's first song. Well, at at two, my first song was I could sing Ch- Silent Night. When you were two, yeah. Wow. Okay. And and, and on. On a bit, another page, humor. Bill Grogan's goat is down as a funny stunt. Okay. Now, this will give you an idea of how music was looked at in my family. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Which, yeah, I mean, I, I, I find no distinction between Silent and Bill Grogan's goat. They're both songs. Sure. Yeah, they're both music. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so, two, so, two years old, you were singing. 
singing tunes. Well, my grandfather sang all the time. Oh, my okay. grandfather was a, was an operatic quality baritone. He'd been trained. He he he, mm. he took music at Kearney College. Okay, uh, way back, and uh, he he went to school with a guy named I think it was Herb Middleton. Okay. Herb finally went on to New York and made a name for himself as a, as a baritone. Gotcha. Granddad always kind of thought he was a better singer than Herb. Okay. And he sang all his life. He sang all the time. Uh-huh. And one of my fondest memories of that man is as a kid, I'm coming, I'm coming back from playing. I've just come around the corner of the Catholic Church, and I can hear Granddad singing, Annie Laurie. And I get... A block further on, and I can hear the power more. That man's voice carried further than a power. Oh more. my goodness! You know, wow. Yeah, and that's and, what we call lungs. Oh God, he could <laughs> sing. And my mother was the same way. I'd come home from school; she'd be vacuuming the the living room floor, singing. Wow. Yeah, uh, they they just you know both of them sang all the time. I was what thirteen or fourteen when I shut up long enough to figure out that. The rest of the world wasn't singing along, and I got real self-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> Just out walking around, and you guys are singing. It's like a, like a show tune or like a musical. Oh, yeah. yeah. And like all of a sudden, everyone just jumps in, and you look around like, wait, no one's doing this. Yeah, right. Well, and, and music musicals used to embarrass me a little bit. No kidding. I mean, yeah, I mean, they were, they, were, they were what I thought the world should be like, but it wasn't. We got an echo going there. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> so they okay. So what it should be like, huh? Yeah. So okay. anyway, so I picked up a guitar about. I, I got a guitar at fourteen. Mm-hmm. It was a Harmony F hole fourteen dollar Monkey Ward special. Okay. Worst piece of junk I ever loved. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it took me. It took me five years before I finally figured out how to tune it. Gotcha. And and learn some chords. Just were you doing it all yourself as far as learning yeah, how to yeah, do it? There was yeah. no like lessons or anything well, you'd it, go it, to? You know, and... uh, piano was serious. I, I, had sure. have, I had to have piano. Then then when I got into junior high, pick out your band instrument, and I took a trumpet. Mm-hmm. But the guitar was a toy. Gotcha. You know? And uh, so I, I, uh, I finally, somebody took pity on me and showed me how to tune it. I mean, I'd play with it. Uh-huh. But and I understood that there was some way you should put those strings so they were always the same, but it, it never quite worked out. So I'd <laughs> right. find something on it and uh, put it away. Six months later, that didn't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just had this right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, do you remember the kind of strings that you'd use or anything like that? Oh, what would even yeah. were the string brands back then? Uh, you like? know, I the, I used the strings that were on it for years. Okay. I mean, at least at least. Two years into into actually learning chords. Gotcha. Okay. But it, it, I mean, the action was so bad that I had to retune to play in in the key of C, the C F and G. Uh-huh. That hitting that note, that string on the third fret, you had to push down far enough it changed the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and. and I, but once I once I figured out I could make sound on that thing that I you know, it, it was kind of like rock and roll. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm sure. Like, I'm like, oh man, I couldn't stop. Yeah, my yeah. fingers no, my fingers never actually bled, but they got really sore. Sure, <laughs> I've got a I picked up a guitar for my daughter. It was kind of like that, super high action. You can drive a truck underneath yeah, it, you know. Right, and it's like, right. oh man. And I'm looking at you know you can tighten the tighten the uh, tress rod and get things fixed and that, but it's. 
it needs more work than that, you know. Right. So I'll have well, to this, take it in this somewhere. One, this one had a movable bridge. Oh, okay. Oh, and, I've got one like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was adjustable. Mm-hmm. But it only adjusted up. I mean, it was adjusted down as far as it was going. There was some, oh, I don't know, maybe eighth to a quarter inch uh, metal. Okay. Uh, round screws, basically bolts. Sure, sure. And so you could lift it up and... and I got it down as far as it would go, and it was it was not down far enough. So finally, I just took the bolts off and just set the bridge right down on the, <laughs> or to, got the nuts off and set them right down the bolts and yeah, and uh, that was manageable. Sure, but it wasn't good. Sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, old guitars, man. I think everybody. Uh, the first guitar I ever got was this. Uh, I was was I fifteen? I think it was fifteen years old. My parents got me one i'd been i don't remember what got me wanting to get one in the first place i it was probably something to do with with uh um like youth camp and the the people playing music when i'd go to camps for the summer right. like oh man that's really cool yeah, right. you know i wish i could do that and um because i played the trombone for oh, all through okay. high school and right. that. that was that was my thing and and i loved it um but they got me this guitar and it sat for a couple years because I, I couldn't figure it out, you know, yeah. and tune again, same situation, you know, I was teaching myself and I tried to do a few lessons, but could never really, um, get into the lessons. The guy that was teaching me at the time was going this very like by the book type thing when I just really wanted to learn how to play. Yeah. Give me you know. some chords so I can yeah. sing songs. Yeah. <laughs> right, me too. I think it was like this very simple Beach Boys song at the time. Like it can't be this difficult. Do I have to really spend yeah, right. three years of this before I can play that one song, you know? Exactly. And, yeah. and uh, so I, I just couldn't really ever get into it. And then I moved to uh, Omaha and a bunch of bunch of friends of mine all played yep, music yep, and yeah. that just got me like okay and i sat down yeah. in my room for a weekend and came up monday morning and i could play yeah so, there you go yeah yeah but my fingers were bleeding that weekend though so yeah i, <laughs> I, I never i never let them bleed yeah i i took i took that guitar after for after i learned the chords mm -hmm. i took that guitar and i, I was a a freshman at the university of wyoming it was between my freshman and sophomore year and i took the Took the guitar and a book of. I was decided I was going to major in philosophy, and I took uh, Will and Ariel Durant's History of Philosophy. Okay. And I spent a week at the cabin, and and I'd play that guitar until I couldn't. It hurt too much. I couldn't play it anymore. Then I'd read philosophy till I got bored, <laughs> and then I'd go back and I'd play the guitar some more. And I, I I figured out very quickly that, I mean, I was playing in the key of D. Sure. Well, I knew there was another chord. That I needed, you know, because because all those fifties rock and roll with a with a relative minor mm -hmm. didn't work with three chords. So Spearfish had this amazing bookstore in those days. That was that would have been 60, 62, 63. Okay. And I went down there and I found this chord wheel, which was much more complex than the chord wheels we've got today. There were a lot of chords on that. Yeah, I, I found that recently. No kidding. And it's yeah, it's. Amazing. Man, it's funny the things you find when yeah. you move. I should oh. move more. Well, I shouldn't move more often. I've moved a lot. <laughs> it's, but a, anyway. it's a pain. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not, settled for a I'm, while. I'm not looking to do it again. <laughs> but uh, I, I figured out that, okay, I didn't know how to do the bar chord. Mm -hmm. And I looked at that, and, I, and, and I'm supposed to put that finger across, and, of course, I'm pushing the strings down about... <laughs> You know, three quarters of an like inch. Like the Hoover Dam, just yeah, pushing right. all the way to the level. Yeah. <laughs> and 
But I got to looking at it, and I already knew the G chord. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew the D chord. So all I really needed to do was learn the, the E minor and the C. Mm-hmm. And, and the E minor came right off the G, and then the C was a little harder. Yeah. But that was, you know, I played everything in G for probably a year. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was, uh, um, I'm a big fan of John Prine, and I was reading up about him, and one of the things that he said he did when he was learning chords and that, just like that, and as soon as he learned a new chord, he'd write a song using that chord, Ah. So then he'd remember it and just keep going. And so then he would learn a new chord and then he would write a song using that chord, you know, and just over and over and over. And I think, man, that's kind of a, that's a clever way to do it. He, you was, know? he was, he was really committed to songwriting. I didn't think I, I didn't even occur to me. I could write songs at this time. Yeah. No, not at all. Huh? No, no. that's uh that was, um, there's a lot of people that, I mean, I think everybody starts at some point, you know, I think you kind of have to start with covers. Well, yeah. You know, learn I mean, stuff that's, and that's, that, you know, you, 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 you play what you know. Right. You know? And then you start realizing, especially, I guess, especially if you're in your cabin, just reading a bunch of philosophy books. Yeah. Right. Hey, I could put some of this to music. <laughs> no, that, that, not, not, not. <laughs> you don't think Pink Flamingos has philosophy in it? Oh, well, I know it does. You know, but, but that, that came much later. Mm. That came, that came after a degree in philosophy, a master's in creative writing. And what I wrote about eight, nine, ten novels. Wow. You know, I mean, and I always said, you know, that, that to write anything good, you've got to write all the bullshit out of your soul. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and growing up in the fifties, I had a lot of that. <laughs> I knew it. Well, and, and you taking the time to write all that bullshit out of yourself. Right. Cause so many people like want to get into it want to get into writing, whether it's a, a novel right. or a story in that, but they don't, they start and it's horrible. So they quit. Yeah, like exactly. You got to just push through, you know. And well, I, I I tried that when I was in the army. I tried writing some songs. Yeah, they, they were horrible. Okay. And, and the ones that weren't horrible sounded too much like Bob Dylan, and it was real clear to me Bob didn't need any help writing songs. <laughs> He's <laughs> so, doing all right. Yeah, so I I might as well give this up. Sure, sure. But you know, ten novels later, and I'm out here back in the cabin. Uh huh. Gonna gonna write make it make a career as a novelist or, or starve to death. Yeah. And uh, a friend says, hey, come play in my restaurant. And he wanted he wanted stuff that, that ASCAP and BMI didn't have a handle on. Sure. And I had been playing with a, a songwriter in California, and I knew a bunch of his stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did. You know, I, I had what I had, 12 songs, uh-huh. which if you don't talk, 12 songs will do exactly a 45-minute set. Yeah. You can so so I'd I'd play the I'd play the through. set I get down I take a fifteen minute break I get up and I play it again you know? yeah yeah <laughs> the rule would change whole new crowd yeah, of people right. eating dinner right <laughs> and uh, that was tremendous impetus to write songs and and I you know I I I wrote two or three a week for for months wow you know maybe years I mean I've I've got that's another thing I've been finding is. <laughs> Lots of old lyrics. Old song. No kidding. Yeah. You should yeah, you should put those into a book, you know? Well, like just random you, writings and stuff. Have you, have you heard Long Day's Journey? I probably have. Okay, that's that's the new one. It's got uh, 19 songs on it, the new CD. Okay, yeah. Got yeah. The oh, yeah, of the yeah. Sun and the Cloud on the yep. front. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that, most of the songs on that, I had completely forgotten. 
No kidding. But in 92, a friend, the friend who was having me sing at his restaurant recorded everything I, everything I was singing. Oh, okay. And uh, then he went off to Atlanta and, and took the tape with him. Uh-huh. And I had those on a on a cassette that I still haven't found. I'm slowly going through all piles and piles of cassettes, most of them unlabeled and not in the cases that had the labels on them. Well, if you found your baby book, there's still hope. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he came back and he said, I've got this tape with a lot of your songs on it. I said, oh, man, put, run that off on CD, would you? So I can take them home and, and relearn them. Yeah. Because they, they I mean, it was, it was all this hippy-dippy love, eco-freako stuff, <laughs> you know, that that in the in the early 90s, people did not want to hear that. No, stuff. that was that was not an era for that music. And and so over, then I started singing mostly, I've, I've always just done the busking thing. Mm-hmm. For in, in coffee houses for a long time before I before I finally figured out I really love singing on the street. Sure, but uh, over time, I just uh, started writing songs that were more you know kind of, kind of historical, kind of you know about the hills, mm-hmm. inspired by the hills, and and just let that stuff go. And now that I've got it back, I'm like I really like that. Yeah, and some of it's pretty current. <laughs> yeah, it, well, everything comes back around eventually, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. Hey, <laughs> Phil Oaks, you know that song Mississippi? Oh, not off the top of my head, no. Uh, I'm hearing that, and I'm not going to tell you where because if they knew it was being played, they'd probably change the the station. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> but it's. <laughs> First time I heard that, I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't even. I did. I didn't listen to a lot of Phil Oaks, and I hadn't heard that one. Sure. But I'm like, holy, that. I mean, that's wow. Hmm. Somebody, somebody's really paying attention to what's going on. Yeah. And, and then I talked to a friend about it. She whipped out herself. Was saying, "What is that?" She whips out her cell phone and she finds it. It's like Phil Oaks. I said. Don't worry, I can find Phil Oaks. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it does come around. Yeah. It does come around. Matter of fact, I was I was singing Beside Still Water on the Street. Uh, That's a great song. Right after, shortly after the, the big I don't I forget the name of the thing that blew up in the in the Gulf and polluted everything. Oh the the oil tanker or the oil rig or no, yeah, the, yeah, it was the, like a drill. The, the drilling yeah, rig, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. And uh this woman stopped and she said, "Did you just write that? That sounds like." Yeah. And I said, "No, actually, that was kind of that, that was inspired by the Exxon Valdez. Yeah. That was an old one." Yeah, <laughs> song's been around a while, but yeah. that stuff still still happening. So. Yep, if the shoe fits. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Did when so? Do you think? Because uh, growing up, kind of in a lot of those eras, and and getting into songwriting, when you have that as a life experience in your, in your past, like all of like, I'm thinking the sixties and the seventies and everything, you know, there's a, there's a whole different worldview on an art that's presented to the world. Like the songs that I like from the sixties and seventies are all the songs like that go like really just go against where the world was headed. You know, they had the, you know, constant war happening. You had, uh, you know, the the free love movement, the, you know, um, 
and here we are again. Yeah, and we're we're back in it again. So it's it's and there's pros and cons to it because art comes out like the kind of art that comes out when you're in those situations is beautiful and amazing and gut wrenching and it you know cuts mm-hmm. you right to the core, you know. And then you wonder like is it was it worth all of this stuff happening just so we can get good art, you know? And maybe maybe I'm being well, a little bit naive. Maybe good art well, can happen regardless, but Yeah, I mean, I think good art My favorite example of that, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it comes from the from the strictures put on on art. Sure, the most powerful passages in the in the uh, Greek tragedies mm-hmm. are the death scenes. Yeah, you know why? They couldn't show it on the stage; they had to describe it. So that 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 when the villain get buys it, it's this long. <laughs> Yeah, lurid speech, and it's really—I oh, mean, yeah—and it—it was there. There was a, a proscription; you could not show death on the stage. Sure, and and I think that's you know, anytime, anytime there's there are restrictions put on on art, artists will find a way to get around it. Well, like it, it engages your imagination. Like, okay, exactly. I can't do this. So what can well, I yeah, do? Yeah, What can I do? Yeah. How, can, how can I, how can I show what, or, or sing or whatever, what's real? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it that way. They, there were, you couldn't show it. That's right. Yeah. And then there's a flip side of that too. When there's no restrictions put on art, you get bananas taped to duct tape on a wall, and that right, right, sells or, for two hundred and fifty thousand. Or, or Jesus in a, in a pool of lemonade um, <laughs> right. with, with, a, with a foul name on it. Right, you know, right. like okay, there's 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 a balance to everything. I think <laughs> exactly. you know, and I think people sometimes. I mean, going extreme every now and then, I think is is can be very healthy and can give you some good perspective on things. But at some point, you've got to figure out okay. What are we actually doing here? What am I actually trying to get across and portray? Which in songwriting is can be a lot easier because we're using words, right? You know, if right. you're like and a, music a, and melody, and music and melodies, yeah. you can create a feel and everything like that. Right. When you're when you're painting, it's I feel like it's a lot more difficult, you know. Right. And I'm not a painter, so I don't. I could be completely wrong, but like yeah. I look at a painting and like, oh, what does that mean? It's it takes me forever to even get any kind of emotional response from it, you know. But if I hear a song, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm right. I can yeah. be gutted instantly, right. you yeah, know. It, it, it engages your mind in a yeah. different way. Yeah, absolutely, right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But you know, there was there was a a long time, and it started it started back in the sixties. I, I remember, you know, vaguely that they were this was being talked about in at, in sixty four, sixty five, sixty six when I was at the University of Washington. That mm-hmm. that the, the Art should get a reaction, sure. And they didn't care if it was like, yeah, you know, yeah, just some and, kind yeah, of reaction, right? And and for years as a writer, I thought, you know, if I if I could write something, if I ever write something that's totally wholly true, mm-hmm. it's going to piss everybody off. Yeah, you know. But yeah, that, I've I've changed my mind about that. Yeah, you know, I mean it's, uh, it. I mean what I what I feel about art. Or what I've come to feel about the definition of art, art is something that you can't ignore. That mm. it, it that it it compels you, mm-hmm. you know, in a good way. Yeah, you know, yeah. That that uh, no true art, I think, is is something that you just can't you just can't look away from. You can't you can't plug your ears and 
and yeah. said, I don't want to hear that. You know, it'll just, it'll, it'll, it hits you in the heart. It'll grip you and, you, and you're yep. kind of stuck. And that's, especially if you're looking for something completely true. Yeah. Like truth can be hard to swallow, but mm -hmm. you know, I got to believe there's people in the world that can swallow it, you know? Oh, like, yeah. okay, all yeah. right, I get it, you know? And that's just, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, I think if it wasn't hard to swallow, then it's probably not true, you know? <laughs> At least yeah. in my experience, well, you know. Yeah, when you get too many people. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you remember your your first song that you ever wrote? That I ever wrote? Yeah, do you even remember it? Or maybe the first song that you actually recorded and put out for, hey, this is the introduction to Steve. <laughs> well, the first song, the first song I ever wrote that... Uh, is something I, I could still do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. We got a story here. Well, <laughs> I, somebody gave me some shrooms. I mean, okay. I, I had I had never done any, anything like that. I'm, sure. You know, I'm, I'm I'm in my forties. Talk about getting artistic. Let's yeah. see where this goes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and and I went down I went down to a a concert at a little. Uh, hippie uh, health food cooperative restaurant uh -huh. in Davis, California, and and spent a night listening to music, and it was just, it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and I went home, and I went to bed, and I woke up in the morning, and I picked up the guitar, and I made up a song. And uh, that was that. It was like, I, I, and I was, I was playing with a guy who didn't like it. Uh -huh. I mean, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do the songs I was writing. After okay. I started writing him, he, you know, I, I, I was kind of backing him up. He just didn't like the style or didn't like the words or was just not about doing original stuff? It, well, no, he, he wrote a lot of songs. Oh, okay, I mean, okay. I mean, when I when I was playing out at the fountain in Newcastle, mm -hmm. I mean, half the songs I was singing were, were his. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, but, and that was kind of the start. It was like... Yeah, I like this. It tells a story, you know. It's, yeah. it's and and it's got melody and it's got a guitar part and I can sing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, after that, they they I you know I I didn't actually I did write one before that that I don't do anymore. I can see your wheels turning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hadn't even thought about this in a long time. Mm. Yeah. I'm not even there trying to talk about well, that. Well, <laughs> well, and the reason the reason that I ask is that I'm always interested to see like if people themselves track their own progress because it's easy for you know the listeners to do. You know, you can put all the CDs in a row and that, but right. as the songwriter itself, like there's a ton of stuff that that is written and done before it, you even get to the point where you can feel comfortable or feel like this is worth recording and putting out for right. people to listen right. to, you know, cause like you said, you yeah. got to get through all the bullshit, right. you know? So exactly. I'm always curious if the, if you remember that <laughs> and like, yeah, that well, was, that was pretty bad, but you know, it got me to, to this song and everything. Well, so. yeah, the, the bullshit was, was the stuff I attempted to write while I was in the army. Okay. You know, and okay. That, that was, uh, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea of structure. I had no idea of how to tell a story yeah. in any form. Okay. And uh, and then then after after the twenty years of trying to write of writing novels that I couldn't sell, mm -hmm. uh, when when I came back to it, when I or I when I finally realized that 
all right, I've written all the bullshit out of my soul, but I don't have any novels left. Boy, I got these songs. Yeah. And they come out, and they're these. It, it, it's like it's like making pots. Little. I, I used to do, I did some pottery for a while. Okay. Man, you're just a jack of all trades, Steve. Well, I was writing a novel. <laughs> I was writing a novel about a potter. Okay. And I thought, I, I, I kind of, kind of based on a friend who was. Uh huh. And I knew what he, I knew what Richard said about his pottery, but I, you know, I thought I, I better get my hands dirty. Yeah, let's get so this. Was, let's get an experience a bit. I was living in Nebraska, and I, I went out to Mid Plains Community College, and I took a pottery course. Mid Plains. Yeah. Wow, a friend of mine went there. Okay. Really? Cool. Yeah. yeah. Small world, Steve. It, I know. I know. I, smaller than that. Yeah. And uh, I really liked it because I'd, I'd, I'd go to class and I'd, you know, work on this stuff. And I, I got in a pinch pot. Mm-hmm. I mean, the wheel, uh-uh. But, but these, you take a little ball of clay and you stick your thumb in it and you start working it. And you, you, I'd make pitchers and vases and, and bowls. And, wow. And uh, then you'd, then you'd paint the glaze on and you leave them for him and you come back and you, all these little gems, you know, it's like, well, that's really neat. Yeah. And then I, then I got into uh, sawdust firing to get, I, I, that's how you get black, black pottery, sawdust fire. It's, it's a, it's a, it, it doesn't get real hard. Okay. Okay. Uh, traditionally they, the, the people who use that would seal it with milk. Okay. And, but anyway, and the songs were kind of like, you know, kind of like the same thing. You know, it's, it's like, it's like it, it didn't take you more than 15, 20 minutes. And then you've got this little thing and you can play with it. And you, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, well, and, and the big thing is 20 years of sitting in a basement writing novels. Uh, there's not much social life involved. Yeah. Music. The, the, the big, the big revelation was. Holy moly, there's a social life here. I right. like this. <laughs> right. I can do this and share it with people. Exactly. And they're going to like it, you know. Exactly. And and then, some people throw in inputs and, yeah. And then you get out playing with other people and it's just, you know, all this this cross-culture. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's fun. I've, uh, I always enjoy playing with people more than, more than solo. Um, I was telling someone the other day, they're like, solo gigs are easier to book because you don't have to worry about other schedules. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> but right. anytime you can play with someone, it's it's ah, it's fun. It's a blast. I yeah, I, th- that's why I like the jams and song circles. Yeah, you know, I mean, you you get. Uh, I mean, I, there are a lot of songs I know the choruses to, but I sure. don't, I don't know the song. Yeah, know, but, but it yeah. Well, one of the things like when I first met you, this was God. I'm trying to remember how many years it's been. It's been a while. But uh, one of the things I, I remember you saying, you handed me uh, was it two or three of your CDs, which stayed in our car on repeat for at least six or seven months. <laughs> just my wife and I would kick oh. it on like, oh, Steve's in. Okay, we're not changing that. And it would just go because it was, it was great. But I remember you telling me like these are these songs are recorded the way they were when I recorded them. I play them different now right? because my songs and every song is always evolving and always changing. But exactly. at the time yep. I recorded this, this is where this song was at in its life. Right. And that stuck with me is, you know, there's, you're never really finished on, on anything. If, if you're constantly going back to it and working right. it and playing it, well, like it's look at what Dylan's doing with his old songs. Yeah. I mean, he totally, I mean, you don't even recognize him, but, yep. but, but he's playing with them. He's, yep. he's, 
Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it can become something. That's uh, that is one cool I thing mean, too about a song. Another artist can pick up a song and, and make it a whole, whole different, different thing. thing also, exactly. you know, so a song yeah. is more of like an abstract idea, and yeah. then the person is the one that shapes it to their will in a, exactly. in a way, you know. And but that stuck with me is you know because there's a lot of songs that I just like. Oh, well, that song's done, and then I remember going back and looking at them and go, oh wait. I can, I've learned something new that I think would fit in this right, old right. song of mine. So then right. I'd go back and change it up a bit and that. And yeah, that was just really, really good advice, you know. Yeah, to, well, that's that one of the things I like about playing on the street in the summertime mm-hmm. is that I do them all, you know, sometimes twice a day. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll sit up there. I think I'm, I'm probably getting up to where I can do four or five hours now. You I mean, can, I mean, since the act, right after the accident, you know, two hours was all I could take. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, four or five hours of playing, though. Oh, God, I love it. Oh, man. I love it. That's fantastic. I mean, you're playing and you talk. People sit down and talk to you. There's a bench right where I play and, and people sit down and talk. You know, it's it's a. Uh, See, I'm playing in the wrong places. I'm background music in bars, man. <laughs> like I, playing yeah, five hours I, there just sounds like hell. I, I like that. too. I, actually, I like that, too. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, the background music that or you control the, the ambient noise in the room with your volume. Yeah. yeah, you know, if it gets too loud, you just soften up a little bit, and then the rest of it comes down. Ah, see, you're yeah. the you're the maestro of the evening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, you're you're controlling the ambient. Sure, noise. sure. Nobody's listening to the music, but you know, you're you're, you're keeping the sound level right. <laughs> that's right. As long as yeah. you're having fun, I guess that's really all that matters. But, but on the street, you do you do the same song, you know, two three times a day sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I like to think of it as I'm not performing. I'm looking for the soul of the song. You know, mm. I'm, I mean, I'm, tr- I'm trying to play each song in a way that will let me understand why I wrote it to begin with and why I keep singing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that, that alters a lot of them. You know? Sure. I mean, I mean, slowly over time, things that you didn't recognize you know, when you when you wrote it and didn't recognize right away, well, all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, yeah, you know that, <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it'll make changes. Sometimes it'll just be a different emphasis. Huh. But I've, I've been thinking about an album of songs that have changed since I've recorded them. Yeah. You know, and I've, uh, and I've, I'm thinking I, I haven't I haven't really thought about it very hard. If you need a title. Evolution. Yeah, or, or, or re- retreads. <laughs> there yeah, you go. Something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Retreads for rally, you know? <laughs> right. But, Steve Thorpe, I'm older now, and it's the same songs from your first yeah, album, you right, know? That's yeah. all. That's yeah. the title. Yeah. I'm older now. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I've got this other problem. I've got the, I've got the Blind Beat Williams story, which is, uh, it's about 45 minutes. Spoken word mm-hmm. and songs. Okay. And uh, I'd like to get that out because there there is nothing out there like it. Mm-hmm. The closest I've seen is is uh, uh, Neil Young's Greendale. You know that? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Only only mine's different. Huh. I mean I mean he's he's telling a story with music and with boy you know vo- uh, narration. Sure. And this this is a story about a musician. And these are his songs. Interesting. Yeah, and it's it's. Uh, and you're putting all this together. Is it is it done? Well, 
Actually, I'm still learning the final song. I, okay. I, I wrote that, you know, I don't know, probably nine months ago, I finally finished it. Okay. And uh, I need that. I, I, I used to end it up with, with somebody else's song, and that just didn't work. Hmm. Yeah, but... Uh, That's interesting. And it's just a 45-minute... I got story. It, it, it's 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 the life of a of a blues, can, of a of a, <laughs> a white blues singer. Yeah, starting out in the thirties. Okay, you know, uh, and it's it's it's. Uh, Is he living in the Black Hills where we don't well, know what the blues are yet in the thirties? Well, <laughs> no, he starts out. Actually, he could he could start out in Eastern South Dakota. He, I I put actually put him in Haywarden, Iowa. Okay, okay, which, which I called Cedar Junction. Okay, yeah, you because know, I. I had most of my father's family lives in Hudson. Mm-hmm. Haywarden is right across the river in Iowa, and uh, that that river break country always fascinated me. You know, as a mm-hmm. kid, I got I got to I got to see a lot of it and I hike a lot of it from the South Dakota side. But on the on the Iowa side, you've got these bluffs. And but anyway, uh, he's a white redheaded. Got this huge hair head of, of really kinky, thick, red, brick red, okay. beet red hair. I okay. Mean, his name is, he goes by Blind Beat Williams. Okay. Okay. And and he gets the blues. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get on this too much. I'll tell the whole damn story. Well, I mean, we just just give us a little bit of a snippet because well, I'm, he, I'm, he I'm pick, really curious. Okay, to he picks up this. the blues because he's got an uncle who has a, of general store in town okay in, in cedar junction and uh one christmas his uncle gives him a crystal set you know the this crystal set crystal radio mm-hmm. and when the atmospheric conditions are just right he can pick up uh the chicago blue stations on it oh that's and clever he, yeah, and he's just he's just fascinated by it that's clever and he gets his guitar from the same uncle, mm-hmm. it's a national steel. Okay, he plays a lot of slide. Yeah, yeah, and uh, this is this is going to be fun. Well, it it's it's a it's a long tail. It goes it goes all the way from there through the sixties. You're giving us something to look forward to, Steve. See? <laughs> now we're all going to be like all right, watching. Gonna, <laughs> now, now I'm going to have to go down and talk to Rick and see if we can. You got to get her done. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I haven't I haven't actually sat down and told the whole story. Yeah. God, it's probably been five years. They had a a storytelling thing going at the at the one Friday night in Rapid, mm-hmm. and God, what was her name? Her last name was Thorpe. Can't remember her first name. Cute little gal was doing it, and she she caught me at one of the open mics. She said, "Do you tell stories? You know, because I do kind of tell stories about the songs." I said, mm-hmm. "Well, yeah, I got this." this thing and, and I kind of told her about it. She said, oh yeah, come do that. So I sat down and I outlined it all out so I could remember it. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the last time I've done the whole thing. Wow. Yeah, you gotta get that, you gotta get that recorded. That'd, well, be, that'd gotta, be a yeah, fun now, thing now to got, listen to. Yeah, now I got two projects. Yeah, see? Which is, which is way more than I have time for. <laughs> Sorry to keep adding things to your shoulders, Steve. Well, <laughs> actually, I have a three year plan. Okay. I mean, I did not trust Donald Trump to, uh-huh. beat, to beat the Chinese in a trade war. Sure. My giveaway harps come from China. Okay. So when we sold the cabin, I bought 25 tubs. Of harps? Of 48 
48 t- per tub of plastic harmonicas to give away to kids. Oh, so I've got wow. I've got to stay alive and singing for two or three years just to give all those. Yeah, you got to give those away, man. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Well, yeah. people will find those right next to your baby book, you know, and be like, "Why did he have so many?" <laughs> well, yeah, it's going to be like my son's going to come. He's gonna be, what am I going to do with all these damn <laughs> kids' harmonicas? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Do you? Because you've been playing a long time and you've been writing music a long time. Do you ever find yourself still playing? Like covers of either people you know or music you grew up listening to at all anymore? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I've got a few. Actually, so I think I've only ever heard you play your own stuff. I don't know if I've ever heard you play a cover. Well, I'm real touchy about it because, yeah. because I asked Captain BMI. You know, I mean, sure. I mean, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, if I go someplace and I say, look, I can do all my own stuff, I do all my own stuff. Yeah. On the street, I'm kind of touchy about doing covers because... I just say, look, you know, we got the, we got these two outfits that are gonna don't like me using their music, mm-hmm. and uh, that they didn't write, someone else wrote, but right, they. But I wrote it, this yeah. one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. I wonder how that works on the street because in a, in a, if you're in a business, well, BMI like the business gets hit. BMI says they don't go after street singers. Okay. I mean, I I, I had a long email argument with one of their lawyers. Okay. You know, that that. Uh, what about ASCAP? Haven't been in much touch with them. Okay. Yeah, you know, a little bit. Uh, we were doing a song circle at Lotus up in, in Lead, and ASCAP started bugging Jamie, and uh, she gave me the, the one of the letters, and I emailed the guy. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think I finally called him and talked to him. I said, look, you know, I mean, how are we going to train our young singers if we can't do open mics? Yeah. You know that 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 you know we're doing we're doing this as an educational thing. Yeah, Jamie's not making any money, right? You know, I mean, I mean, it's us, and we'll, we'll all usually usually buy a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. But the only people coming were were some some people from a a group home, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they weren't spending much money. You know, and they, they they were our only fans. Actually, they're still coming to, to one we're doing up there. Okay. Uh, and I finally got this guy to say, "Okay, we'll leave we'll leave it alone for a year." And I said, "Cool." You know, I mean, if if you know, if in a year that we're not making Jamie enough money that that she'll you know license with you, yeah, uh, we'll just bag it. And <laughs> three weeks later, she's getting done by a woman. What? Yeah. Yep. Same. Same. Ascap. You know. Same. And I. I called her and I talked to her and she was. <clears throat> she didn't even know about the guy. See, the thing that bothers me about that is it's not. It's not the artist. You right. know. They. They. I mean, if I'm writing a song that other people want to play, I'm excited about that. Exactly. You know. And most artists are. It's the. It's the business side of it. They're like, we're quote unquote losing money. Like how much money are you really losing with an open mic in right. South Dakota? Well, like, come on. <laughs> I mean, I, I have, I actually, when I was, when I was talking to that lawyer at BMI, I said, look, I'll make a list of every cover played at every open mic I ever do. Mm-hmm. I'll pay you by the song. He said, no, no, we can't do that. You know, it, well, you know, if I thought that the, the artists we were covering at these things we're actually getting any money for it, right? See, I that's would not. I wouldn't mind it, but basically, what we've got here, I think, is a slush fund. Yep. So you know, that's where the that's where the 
the CEOs get all their money and the lawyers. Yeah, mm-hmm. none of it's going back to the artists. No, not, not a not, single I dime. Mean, they have a complicated formula that they yep. that's very secret. Oh, I'm sure. But, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, and the point zero zero one goes to the artist, and exactly. it's like, oh, a hundred of those, and yeah, I have a penny. Right. You know, right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I get it when you're looking at it from like a global scale and how many open mics are on every any given night and, you know, how many people are, are playing that song on any given night across the right, nation or right, something like right. that. But still, it's like, like you said, how do you learn? You know, how do you exactly. grow I mean, the they, next generation of songwriters and musicians if they don't have the freedom to go out and play songs they exactly. know in front of a crowd? Exactly. And, oh. and you can't tell that you can't get these guys to say, oh, well, OK, educational. We'll let that pass. That's just, this business is making money doing this and we want our cut. That's yeah. just bull, man. I, I I've, it, it annoys me. My friend, um, a friend of mine uh, was playing and there was a guy that came to the show, stayed there the whole night. And he was like, oh, cool. This guy must have liked me, you know. And then he got done and the guy came up to him and gave him his card and said, hey, you played you know, seven covers or whatever the case may be, you know. So right. I need to see the manager and see, make sure the license is up to date at this place. And it's like, <laughs> really? Like yeah, this whole right. time, like that's what right. you got out of it. You know, not, hey, yeah. nice work. Congrats, yeah, right. you, know, I'm, exactly. you know, I liked you. It's, that's what it was. And like that, who gets into music business to do that? Exactly. You know, like, oh, come man. on. That, yeah, that's. Oh, you're getting me fired up, Steve. I, yeah. Well, my, my, my favorite story of that is one, one rally I was playing at a place called uh, Sage Creek Grill in, in Custer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd gone the whole night, hadn't done any covers. It was getting late, you know, and, and, and I was getting tired. I thought, ah, shit, I'm, I'm, I played Uncle John's band. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw this biker, you know, grab his cell phone and get a, get a picture of it. Before I got out of the place after the gig, ASCAP was on the phone to the to the owner, demanding money. They knew it was me, and they knew the song I'd played. What the heck? Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm like, and uh, she finally she finally quit quit doing music completely. Which is what happens, exactly. and all of a sudden, then you yeah, have we, nowhere to play. We lose we lose our venues, and uh, you know and. I don't think it'd be an issue here if it weren't for that blasted rally. Yeah. Oh, no, they I wouldn't mean, even I mean, pay. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, it, for, for a couple of weeks out of the year, yeah. music is really big business here. There's a yep. lot of money. Yeah, there and is. Then, and then we go back to being a little touristy backwater. Yep. And, and you know, a venue. I mean. It's just insane. Yeah. It's well because that, that is, and, and I'm curious because I was talking to several people about music in the hills, like back in the '90s or that, and they said that you know, like Rapid City and places had music almost every night, mm-hmm. and they said I don't really know what happened, and it makes me wonder if it was situations like that where you know those places called the venue and say, hey, do you have a license? It's I, I X amount know. of dollars a year, know. and so they just stopped. I know there was actually a musicians union here at one point. Right? Yeah, you yeah. were tell you were telling me about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that. You, gotta, you gotta get Hank Harris to come and, and get I, Hank knows. I've chatted now. with Hank, but not about this. Yeah. So okay, yeah. I'll have to bring him back on. Yeah. Well, uh, you, I mean, he's got a lot of history. I'm sure he does. Yeah, or yeah. Kenny Putnam. Oh yeah, I mean Kenny. Kenny went away to Nashville. I mean, he's really got. He's got a whole different view on the He'd business. Be I'm sure. Fun to talk with. Oh, yeah. I'd, no, I'd oh, love yeah. to talk with him about that. And those, those those guys are you know they're they're way back there. Yeah, I, I wasn't even here those years. Well, and they've got they. <laughs> Like when you're that talented and you feel like there's hoops you have to jump through to even get out there, 
It yeah. just it just blows me away because I I get I get pushing people to play their own stuff because that and there can be an argument made that hey you can only play your own stuff and that pushes people to write better stuff and exactly. you know so I I hundred percent agree with that and I think that's that it has total value at the same time though like preventing people from playing songs that led them to start songwriting in the first place right come on I know you know know. just breathe a little bit and realize that it's all it's all art and it's all fun you know yeah Ah. yeah. oh and that that's that's why I like that's why I like the street you know I mean early on I was playing coffee houses for tips and and that was in the Panache magazine days okay and I'd write about it and uh there were a lot of people kind of felt like I was devaluing music because I wasn't demanding pay for it. Hmm. I was just playing for the tips, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason I gravitated to the street. You know? Oh, okay. Gotcha. I mean, like I get, I get that in some, in a certain aspect, like there's, there's places that I, you know, I've lost gigs too because someone will play for free. Right. You yeah, know, and yeah. they're like, well, I'm not going to hire, hire you if this person this, play for yeah, free. Right. And there's, there's pros and cons to it. You know, yeah, like if someone's yeah. just starting out and they're wanting to get out there, like I get why, like, yeah, I'll just play for tips. I just want to get out there and play, you know, right. but like from in my, there's for, for a long time, you know, I lived up here for three years, only playing gigs and bartending a few nights a week, you know, and, right. and to, so that's how I survived, you know, was right, that income, yeah, you know, yeah. so there's, there's two sides of that coin, but I, I've never, like, I never looked at it fully as, oh, I'm, you know, de- someone's devaluing what I do because they're right. playing for tips. Right. Like, I never thought of it as that. Well, my, and my angle was I tried to go places where they weren't doing music. Sure. And, and, and basically sell them on, look, I can do this. I can do it without using any ASCAP or BMI material. You know, yeah. I mean, I've got all these original songs, and and I, you know, I can do that. Yeah, Big Brother's not coming after you. <laughs> yeah, well, Big Brother does come after well, they, you. But yeah, I, I still would like to end up like in a, hack into the speakers and I, they're listening I, to I'd, you. I'd, I'd still like to end up in a courtroom. Say to the judge, "Look, I mean, they're saying I can't play three hours of music without using somebody else's music. I've got a guitar out in the car." If you've got three hours. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even that, like, even if it's. Or just, just, I mean, four CDs. Yeah. You know, minimum, minimum 70. Actually, I've I've got some covers on those. Okay. I've got, uh, matter of fact, I have to go back and work on that today. I've got a cover of a song Chris Weideveld wrote. He was a friend. Okay. Early on when we just started doing open mics. And I've got one by Mike Linderman. Seems like I've got another. I mean, they're only they're only they're, they're covers of local sure. know, songwriters I ran into who wrote something. That I said, "Man, can I sing that?" <laughs> yeah, I did that. My my late my latest EP. I I covered a song from Taylor Cowan. Yeah. he's out. Uh, I think he's in the middle. I think he lives in the middle of South Dakota. I forget exactly what town, but um, yeah, I covered his his song "Wouldn't Trade a Nickel" because. It's a damn good song. Yeah, right. You know, right, but then yeah. I asked him and, you know, we got all the permissions and, you know, and I recorded it and it's like, you know, this is, right. a, you know, a song I really like. It's written by someone local and, um, yeah, it means a lot to me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 yeah I know that, 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 yeah, that whole thing is the, the business end of it is just. Oh, it kills the art, man. Well, it, yeah, it just. 
Well, it's 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 a hindrance. Yeah. I mean, you, you've heard my song "Chasing the Moon," right? Yeah, yeah. That's what that's about. Okay, gotcha. And I've, I've always I've always suspected that the reason I never got back into that Wild West songwriter thing was that I told the story of what that was about. <laughs> what the last time I played with that? What what was his name? Hastings. Uh, Troy Hastings. Yeah, Troy. Yeah. Troy and I don't. I forget who the third one was, or maybe it was just the two of us. But but it was real leisurely, and I told that story. And there was one guy there, you know, looked looked like he just bit into a sour lemon. <laughs> well, there's a yeah, there's it's interesting. So there's a few people that were all about that that mm-hmm. um, aren't there anymore. Yeah. So yeah. like I yeah, we'll um, I've got you on my list for this year. So whether oh, whether they like you or not, like. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna well, hear you. Well, I, I, last year I went to a couple of them, and and the one Frank Gregg was up there with with two Nashville guys, and I thought Frank's songs. Oh, just, he blows me just, away. Just walked all over. I mean, I mean these the, the Nashville guys were, eh, you know. Yeah. I mean Frank's got some really good stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's excellent musician, excellent guitar player, great singer, amazing songs. Oh, he flat blows me. His song. Um, uh, lay it down and let it ride. When I first heard that song, my I thought I thought this is this is the greatest song I've ever heard. Yeah, like, it was just yeah. so good. I think the chorus goes like, uh, "Like if God saw fit to send me back, I'd take it like a man and lay it down, and let it ride, and do it all again." Yeah. <laughs> like that yeah, is a right. great line. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it's and that, so good. that one about the the shot fired in anger can't oh, can't come back to the, gun. the Indian I, paintbrush. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. I have, mean, have you heard his song? It's called Nashville. No, you I don't love think so. it. It's about a songwriter, a, little, a, a young song, singer songwriter, moves from I think Colorado to Nashville, and because he's he's good, he has you know a drive for it. He gets there and just gets eaten alive. Right, right. And comes right. back tail between his fag, you know, legs. I, and, I have, oh. but I don't. I don't remember it. Yeah, he. I, so I he I've, he has a line in there that says, uh, you know, if. If I could, I'd like to buy up Nashville just to burn it down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh man. And and not, and I mean to be fair, there's a there's a ton of amazing talent that comes out of Nashville and there's a there's a reason people go there to record right. and get their career started, but I think when right. you get to the the giant conglomerate of it, I think you just well, well you, you get in trouble right. for playing a uh, open mic night, <laughs> right. you know. Well, and 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 the the, the the myth I've heard is yeah you go you go as a singer songwriter first thing they want to do is take away if you're going to be a singer you get, they take away the guitar oh uh, yeah I'm like <laughs> what yep no, no, that's that's part of the that's 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 the whole shtick yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, what, what am I going to do without a guitar right going to stand there and wonder what to do with my hands oh <laughs> I would not know what to do you like just stand there like yeah right. doing spirit fingers or something you know like oh my gosh. I, I, I've never been to Nashville. I have a lot of people tell me that I should at least go and experience it and see what it's like. I, um, but I don't know. July, I, don't know. I, I, way back, what, 97. Uh, in 96, I had hosted a duo of Kate Larkin and Rima Keen. Okay. Coming at, they were out of uh, Whitesburg, Kentucky. And... Uh, they they came up stayed with me at the cabin of I gave them a bunch of my gigs mm-hmm. and and took them out and, and set them up with tips gigs with all of the places I played mm-hmm. and uh, great ladies 
Really, yeah. we had we had a great week. That's cool. And uh, the next year, they they were they were involved in this uh, what they call it uh, New Roots uh, Songwriters Workshop in Whitesburg. Oh, yeah. And Jalon Cressel and I went down. Yeah, they, they met Jalon at one of my gigs in Gillette. And uh, Jalan got to go because he's really good. I got to go because I helped him out a lot. Okay, okay. Yeah. But anyway, we went, we went down there, and after the after the the gig, we, we actually got paid to go down there. We didn't get paid near what it costs us to get there. Of course, <laughs> but, yeah. Like, but anyway, here's a meal. So we but we met this this Nashville songwriter named Cindy Green, mm-hmm. a wonderful lady. We got we we just the three of us just hit it off, and we. You know, the whole weekend, we're just hanging out together. And she took us home to Nashville. Okay. And uh, we got there. We went We went back to Nashville on Monday. And then Monday night was the, the songwriter's open mic at the Bluebird Cafe. Mm-hmm. So we went. And Cindy hadn't been there in quite a while. She was a little more established than that. And Jalan and I had no idea what we were getting into. So we, we get there. We leave the guitars in, in the trunk. And we go in and, and you put your name in a on a slip and you drop it in a beer beer uh, pitcher. Okay. And then they pick it out and we you know it's a, it's a two hour open mic, and we were like forty two and forty three. Ooh. You know, we obviously weren't getting up. There. Right. Right. So since he's got a credit card, I mean, Jalan and I were just broke, folks. Thinkers. <laughs> we we barely had enough money to get home. Actually, we had we had gigs in North Platte and Scotts Bluff on the way back. Okay, okay. But uh, what year was this? Do you remember? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah, summer ninety seven. Man, I was living out near North Platte around then. Were you? Yeah, I was. I mean, I was in high school, so. But yeah, that, there was a bookstore out in a in a mall thing along the yep interstate. Mm-hmm. I think on the same road as the 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 the, the cars and the. The oh, bumper cars, the Cody go karts. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. That, yeah, that, that was a fun place when yeah, I was a we, kid. We man. were out there. Okay, but but anyway, so we're sitting there. Cindy, Cindy orders orders some food. Mm-hmm. I remember, Cindy and Jalan ordered drinks. I got a cup of coffee that was, oh, I don't know, there probably four ounces of coffee in it. Okay, and and a thing of bean soup. I was starving to death. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't much bigger than the damn coffee cup. <laughs> oh, they were both eight dollar cup of coffee and eight dollar. Oh my goodness! Thing of bean soup. So we're sitting there, eating and drinking with no instruments, mm-hmm. and everybody in the room's looking at us like, "Who are these people?" You know, I mean, and and you can see the fantasy. So these guys, they're, they're scouting. You know, they're they're looking for the next big thing. Oh, and that's my. gonna be me. That's funny. <laughs> well, now, if we had known, if we had called in, they'd have put us on because traveling musicians going through Nashville, right, singing their own songs. If they call the Bluebird and say, "Hey, we're coming through," is there any chance we can get on your open mic? We could have. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I did not know that's how they work. Well, okay. I didn't either. And yeah, that that was ninety seven, and this is what twenty twenty. Yeah, maybe it's changed by <laughs> we're, now. We're Two decades into the right. in somebody else's century, what right. am I doing here? But uh, anyway, so we heard a couple of the traveling groups, and they were they were pretty good. Mm-hmm. The songwriters were terrible. I mean, it was it was a the songs were derivative. Okay. I mean, that it was like they were trying to write a country hit. Yeah, you know, okay. but 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 they didn't quite get it. Sure, sure. And the performances were really nervous. 
I mean, they're looking at us like, oh, am I, am I impressing them? Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Versus just getting up there and having, oh, you know. God. Yeah, oh, I, you know, it, it was like, it was like, uh, this is, I, I've, after about 45 minutes, this this street street guy, mm-hmm. big bushy beard, beat up old nylon string guitar. He comes in and he plays some really, I mean, stuff from the heart. Sure. I mean, he didn't care about being a famous songwriter. He just came in and sang two songs. Yeah. And when when he he finished, he went outside to have a cigarette, and I went outside to have a cigarette with him. And about 45 minutes later, Jalan and Cindy come out, and they say, you done with that? And I said, "Yeah, I'm done with that. <laughs> let's, let's go home to bed. You know, we gotta we gotta drive to North Platte in the morning." That's funny, man. But yeah, the the the, the people who were the songwriters were it was like they're on the make. Yeah, you know, it's not the music; it's what it's gonna get them. Yep. Yeah, and I've I've watched that America's Got Talent a couple of times. Uh, they had it on a TV set before on open mic. I was running sure, yeah. at a place in Lead way back, and th- that's the same way. You know, it's it's come on, come on, clap for me, clap for me. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, just just yeah, do it. That's, yeah, I mean, just I, 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 I do it for the joy of it. Yeah, I stopped. Uh, I learned pretty quickly that like if I'm going to get into this songwriting thing and music thing, there's a lot of people far better than me. Oh yeah. So I'm just oh, yeah. going to do what I do exactly, and, 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 and enjoy it. Enjoy every second of it, you know, getting away with it. It's just yeah. made getting old for me. Really fun. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, I mean yeah, I, this is a childhood dream. Right. Man. Right. I don't have to be on the radio. I yeah. can do it right here. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you can, you can put out stuff that no matter if people like it or not, you're proud of, and you exactly. and you know it's like, hey, yeah. you know, this is this is something that came right from my soul, exactly. and here it is, and you know, if you like it or not, that's and, fine. And there are a few people doing covers, yep. you know, of, of my songs, which which always oh okay uh, blows me away. And, yeah. and I've got some friends who are uh, they're kind of connected with the Girl Scouts. Okay, and every time she goes to a Girl Scout function, she, she teaches them takey care. Okay. They're lobbying to get that in the Girl Scout songbook next time it's oh, next, check next, that. And out. I'm like, yeah. That'd be oh, cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. That song would live. That would be yeah. cool. <laughs> oh god. That would be really cool. Yeah. I should I should learn your flamingo song. That would be a fun one to fun one to play out. Ah. I kick that one on often. I oh, still cool. say I'm gonna buy a uh, yard one of those yard ornament pink flamingos and have you sign it. And like, so I need to go get one. And I've, I've got a pink flamingo squirt gun. I've got a blow up pink flamingo that is won't stay blown up. So it's just sad. I've got a metal pink flamingo that's in a in a planter with my avocado tree, and uh, I've got a pink flamingo quilt. Uh, that's people, amazing. People feel constrained. <laughs> compelled to give me things with my flamingos on them. That's what you guess. That's yeah. danger in writing a song, you know. Uh, if, if You never know what people are going to do with it. <laughs> right, right. Next well, thing I'm, you know, he's the pink flamingo guy. Like, well, he's more than that, yeah. but... <laughs> well, you know what that song's really about, don't you? Um, you know, I think you might have to remind me. Cause... It's about prejudice. Is it really? It is. Okay. It's about, it's about, it was inspired by the, oh God, the, the, the big Hispanic boycott way back. I don't know. Probably if with George Bush. Really? It might have been even. It might have even been as far back as Clinton. But yeah, it was. It was. I mean, these people are saying, "Hey, 
we contribute to this economy and we're going to stop working for a day just so you can see. Oh, sure. I and, was way too young to pay attention to okay. politics back then, right. but I, I, but it, okay. yeah, but it, 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 you know, I've, I, when I was writing that song, I had that in mind. Gotcha. And that's what it's about. You know, that, that they, they're, they're, they're kind of looked down on, but then they're gone. And oh, well, now, now folks around here kind of miss them. Right. You yeah, know? sure. Interesting. You yeah. you do a lot. You've done a, several songs that like have those like social or I don't know if you'd call it necessarily political, but just like, like a justice type. Social justice. Yeah. Type. Kind yeah. of a thing yeah. like that. And that's, I mean, that's, it's clear that that's been a part of your life well, forever. It's, it, it, it's subtle. You know, and yeah. I try to keep it subtle. I, I mean, think it has to be subtle to make any yeah. kind of an impact. I mean, that 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 Phil Oaks, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. I couldn't sing that. Yeah. I mean that that is that is really slamming people hard. Sure. I mean that that is very harsh on the entire state. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe it's maybe it's warranted, maybe it's not, but I couldn't do that. Yeah. But but yeah, but yeah pink flamingos, I can do. See, I appreciate the subtle. The subtle nuances that when people do it that way versus the like in your face because i don't know i feel like it's more it's received better if it's subtle and you don't realize it's there until it's there you right, know what right, I mean? like, right. oh wait a second yeah right <laughs> well and nobody nobody you gets that me <clears throat> nobody gets that one I sure it's uh but yeah they, they're most a lot of them you know what i mean uh chasing the moon dig it dig it all up for gold yeah, I mean, these are these are songs that I would expect people to, you know. When I wrote them, I said, "God, do I dare sing that? You know, somebody's going to get mad." But yeah. they don't, you know. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a mystery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 people for you. Uh, you should you should sit down sometime and just record the stories of each of your songs. Just like, hey, this song was written for blah 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 blah, <laughs> and, and like then people will be like, oh, wait a second. I no longer like that song. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, I don't know. I, you know, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that'd, that'd be that'd be kind of a an interesting footnote if I ever got, you know, or where my songs were had any kind of influence. But you know, basically, I think it's, it's better just to let the songs be themselves. Sure. I mean, let, let people, people make the yeah. stories. That I makes mean, sense. God, look at all the stuff people are putting on put on Dylan. Yeah, you know that yep. that that, and he's just. What? Like that's <laughs> okay. What? Interesting. What? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, remind me where you, where do you, where do you normally busk at? What's what town and what corner? Hill City, and it's it's between it it's, uh, you know, Just Andy Gift Store. Yeah. Yeah, and and Warrior Works right up the street from it. Okay. And there's a, there's a little. It used to be a, an alley doorway that went on either side of just Dandy, and they boarded them up. Okay, because I, I, you know, they're, they're, I don't know where the one between just Dandy and what is that now? Well, it was an ice cream place. It wasn't even open last summer. Uh, I don't know where that one comes out, but the other one comes out right in, in Carolyn's yard. Okay, you know, and and she she they I think the city let her board it up because you know people were walking through sure. her backyard. Right, right. Uh, and it's just recessed a little bit, and I just set a camp chair right in there and set my case up along along the window under under the window of uh, the art gallery, Waterworks, uh -huh. and just sit there. There's a there's a bench on Carolyn's side, 
So if somebody wants to sit down and talk, or or I put my harmonica players on it a lot. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. and it's, uh, yeah, I mean it's, and they like having me there. Four to five hours a day, and you do that pretty much well through I, the summer. I I was, I was up to four a couple of times last summer. I think this next summer it's going to be I'm going to be going longer. Okay. You know, it's, it's, do, you, do you bring a lunch with you, or do you stop for lunch, or do you just like have no, a I, I eat, have a picnic? I eat before I leave Leed, and then I I I go down to. It used to be Rico's. Now it's uh, what is what does Maria call her place? The Mexican place down there. It used to be the Harney Drive-in. Oh, I couldn't tell. You. <clears throat> it, but it uh, well, it's right across from the, the Dinosaur Museum. Okay. And and I love chili rellenos. Sure. And so I'll I'll. And I can't eat cheese before I play, so I'll eat something before I go, and then go sit there in the afternoon, and then I'll go have Mexican dinner. There you go. That's a great day, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's beautiful. It's a that's really a great day. day. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I've got I've got a place to stay down there this year, so I don't have to come back back and forth all the time. Yeah, the the commu- I love the drive, but you know, it's it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, after a while, burning, any drive I'm, gets old. I'm burning. Well, when that when the when the highway gets old, I do the back roads. Gotcha. You know, okay. But, uh, I'm burning. You know, it's it's burning up the profit. And, sure. And so all goes all goes to the gas tank, man. Exactly. <laughs> do you have any of your stuff like online? Are you like on on Spotify or anything no. like that? It's all on CDs. No, it's and, all on CDs. So if they want to hear you, come well, find I'm, you in Hill City. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'm probably gonna have to do something like that. Yeah. Eventually. You know. I mean, people aren't buying CDs anymore. No. You know. I nobody mean, nobody does it. No. You can do. Um, like uh, little business cards with like a digital download code. Yeah, yeah. And they can go to like a website and just download them. And I've I've been know? I've been given a couple of those and I've never figured out how to do. Oh, okay. it. <laughs> I, <laughs> Heath, I'm a 20th century guy. You know, I mean, I mean, right. I mean, I live I lived more than half a century before we got into this century. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true, I, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I, things change so quick these days. So exactly. even if you start that, who knows what's coming tomorrow? You know? Yeah. But, no, I'm a dinosaur. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. Dinosaurs. I, I grew up liking dinosaurs. A lot of people still like them. So. Well, that's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so busking in Hill City most every day throughout the summer and tourist season, everything like that. Right. Winter and, times, and, you're... Uh, song circles, song circles, recording, right. writing some yeah, stuff, right, and right. Uh, are your novels anywhere? Like, if people want to find them, uh, you can get you can get Walking Wounded from Amazon.com. Okay, used. okay. You know, I'm I'm actually. <laughs> I'm gonna pick that up and take a take a read. I love to read. So, well, it's it's. Uh, I reread that not too many years ago. And was really heartened to realize it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Well, there you go. All right. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty good. You know, if, if that's if that's your only shot at a novel, you know, if that's my only shot, I, I, I'll stand on it. You can, like, put that on the cover. Written by Steve Thorpe. It's pretty good, Steve Thorpe. <laughs> that's, the, that's the endorsement. <laughs> well, the, the interesting thing is that, that in this move, I dug out a whole bunch of boxes. Yeah. Novels in boxes. Okay. I've got, I've got, and I, of course, I had to look at all of them because I got multiple, I had multiple copies and I still have multiple, multiple copies of some of them. Mm -hmm. But I sat down and read a couple of them. I read, 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 I read my master's thesis. Actually, I read the master's thesis because I found the short story that was the, 
the precursor to that novel. Okay. And I read that, and I'm like, ah, I wonder what the thesis looked like. I hadn't I hadn't looked at that since you know, nineteen nineteen. Seventy something. Okay. Seventy six, sure. seventy seven. You know, when I gave it, when I turned it in, and that is fifty years ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then I got out the the novel I wrote after Walking Wounded, which doesn't have a title. It's just a Sandhills novel. It's a, but it it it. I sent it off to my agent, and and the the only pronouncement I got on it was, well, novels about small town America are better short than long. Mm. And this thing is 395 pages. You know I mean? It's a, it's a long novel. Okay. And it's very slow, very detailed. Sure. And uh, New York just wasn't buying it. You know, I mean, sure. I mean, I could, I could write a novel that long about a serial killer. Oh, they'd but, eat that up, but, man. But, you know, yeah. of addictions and the, and the problems people are having in small towns. Yeah. Uh, we don't want that. Like well, it's not for you. Market it out right. here. Well, you know? <laughs> actually, I I have read it, and and we just started a writers group in Lead. Oh, okay. A, a friend, somebody I just met, gave me a flyer. Said, "Let's start a writers group." So I, I went. I I missed the first one, and I called him, and he said, "Well, no, one person came, but they're they're trying to start something at the library, and I think maybe I'll go to that." So I went to the library the next week, and it was me and, and one of the librarians. Uh, and uh, she said, come back next week. I get some people, and, and there's there's some good stuff coming through that. Cool. That's you really know? cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's one guy doing a, a fantasy novel that is uh, really, really good. Wow. You know? And so I'm, I'm reading the Sandhills novel through there. Okay. Just And getting a little input, because I, I know I need to tweak it. It is awfully long. Well, if you got any copies of it, I'd love to read it because I grew up in the Sand Hills, and you know Sand Hills, Nebraska, and that. So that's uh, where about uh, Arthur. Oh, oh yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I have a great story about Arthur. Oh, do you? I had, I had a friend in North Platte was telling me about a friend of his who was having an affair. Okay, and and his friend says says to his friend, he says, "How do you do it in a town the size of North Platte?" And the guy said, man, if you come from Arthur, it's really easy. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah. There's a hundred people in Arthur. Yeah. You moved to North Platte. That's yeah. the big city, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. that's, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Cool. That's yeah. oh, funny. I love the Sand Hills. Oh, dude, it's, oh, it's near man. and dear to my heart. I had a lot of, a lot of good memories out there. A lot of bad ones too, but a lot of good ones. So, Well, yeah. And that's, that's what the novel's about. The good ones and the bad ones. God, I'd love to read it. Yeah. Yeah. Find a copy. I'd love to. Uh, let I me might. Know. Ha- I might have a second copy of it. Okay. Do you have it on? Like, do you have it on, on no, a computer? It, it's like, in a box. Okay. All it's right. in. A, it's in a typing paper box, and it's got that sucker crammed full. Okay. Right <laughs> gotcha. Let me see if I. I I'll, if yeah. I, if I do, I'll let you know, and we. Yeah. Get together. That'd and be a lot of fun. You. Yeah. It'd be a lot of fun, man. I wouldn't mind the input. Sure. I'd love to give it to you. I, like I said, I, I'm a fan of reading, and I'm trying to read a lot of local authors right now, just to kind of get to. See some of the yeah. that art form that's around the right. around the hills and everything. Well, you know, I'm, so. I'm thinking if I can if I can get it tweaked, and that is going to mean sitting down at some point and running the whole thing through my fingers again. Sure. Uh, which 
I don't know when I'm going to do that. Mm. You know, I've got, I've got actually next fall is going to be pretty empty. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, I've been doing a pet setting gig spring and fall and it's all going to be this spring this year. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. I'll, I'll try to get you a copy. See, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind the input. There's another project I'm throwing on your shoulders, man. This has been a productive day. <laughs> Heath, I've got, I have got so much on my plate. I believe it, man. And where I'm going to find time to do it all. I don't know. That's you always know I mean? the challenge. Yeah. But it's, it's, and I'm thinking, just get a hold of University of Nebraska Press and say, "Hey, you know, I mean, would, yeah. you, guys, would you guys look at this? You know, and yeah, New York didn't want it, and I kind of took their word for it that it was worthless, but maybe it's not." Yeah, there's, some, yeah, I, I'd love to read it. Find a copy and let's let's make that happen. I, I think I've got happen. another copy. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, Steve, this was fun. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah. Um. Uh. Like it's like every like you told everyone you're not online, so come down to Hill City and find you on the corner. There you're it playing is. all summer. And, you got your CDs. Bring and, your kids, and I'll give them harmonicas. That's right. That's you got right. time for one harmonica story? You got a couple. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Last last summer, right at the end of the summer, it was a Friday before the rally started, or Friday before the week before the rally. Okay. And uh, because I, I don't do the week before because there are too many motorcycles in town. You, yeah. You know, there's too noisy. Right, right. But anyway, they, so I'm sitting there picking, and there's this family, mom, grandma, and a little little guy, about three-year-old, mm-hmm. cute little blonde kid. And uh, he keeps running. They're, they're hanging around the car. I think they're waiting for dad to come unlock the car for you know to get something out or put something in, then they're going to go to lunch. Okay. He keeps coming and running up and looking at me, and I'd look at him and wink, and he gets shy and runs back. <laughs> About the third time, I, I grabbed the, the, the bag of, of harmonicas, and I held it out to him and say, hey, and I gestured to mom to come on over and take a look at this. And she comes up, and he's he's looking at those harmonicas. Yeah, they're all, all six different colors, you know. Yeah, really, yeah. There's kids like them. Oh, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. And and I say to mom, is it okay if 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 he'll take a lesson and play a song with me, he can have. I'll give it to him, and I'll give you one too. And she said, oh, he loves music. So so I I give I give the kid a harmonica and I give give him the lesson, and he gets it. I mean I mean we played uh, dumb little song. Uh huh. And. He, he was he was doing it. He was right wow. there with the guitar. You know, it's like this kid's got a really good ear. Wow! So we get to the end of it, and I past years my my parting shot is now don't drive the folks crazy going home with this. Yeah, but I've added this this year this last summer I added okay now every song, every melody that's in your head, every melody you know is on that little ten hole box. Yeah. All you have to do is play with it, find it. Yep. And I tell him that. And I said, now here, what's your favorite song? And mom says, oh, Twinkle, Twinkle. So I played it. It's a three-hole song. Yeah. I mean, it's really simple. Yeah. And I played it, and this kid's eyes get big. And they go on up the street to lunch. Uh-huh. Well, I didn't see where they went because I was kind of candid. I kind of turned my chair so I'm looking down the street rather than up because the guitar case is up, and I don't want to see what's in there till the day end of the day. Yeah. So they come out after lunch, and and they went to Dairy Queen. Okay. 
And the reason I know they came out after lunch was that kid was playing Twinkle Twinkle. No kidding. Now, the three-year-old, is, is, <laughs> he's, got the, he's got Twinkle Twinkle. He doesn't have quite the single note, but he's got a recognizable Twinkle Twinkle little star. That's awesome. On that little cheap plastic harmonica. And I'm oh, like, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome, man. That's that, what it's about, you know? That's, to me, that's street singing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 100%. Yep. That's cool. And that's why you do it. Yep. That's awesome. God. All right. It's well, a good thank story. You. Thank, thank you, you Steve. Me. Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll I'm chat fine. with you again, I'm sure. And like I said, give me that novel. Yeah. <laughs> well, get get Hank Kenny in here and talk about you know the I'm definitely going to talk to the musicians yeah. unions and what they were doing because that's a whole yeah that's a whole another another picture. I'd love to listen to that. Yeah, like I talked to Hank, but it was more his story, not so much that. Right, and uh, I haven't right. gotten a chance to talk with Kenny yet, but we'll we'll make that happen. That'll be fun. But they got great stories. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> they do. <laughs> All right, cool. All right. Thank you. They call him the grandfather of the hills, folks. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation that I had with Steve. Like I said, I enjoy him thoroughly, and it was really fun to get to do this. Uh, if you can find this conversation as well as the other conversations that we've had here at the Heath Bar on www.theheathbarpodcast.com. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook or shoot me an email, heath at heathbaronline.com. Until next time.